Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 99 of Reality TV and me. I am your host, Kirsty. And how, oh, how did we get here? 99. Holy crap, holy. I mean, we are entering into the brand new year and we're going to hit a hundo and it's going to be fabulous. We're putting it out there into the universe. 2021 is going to be good. Okay, let's just put that out there. Hopefully I don't end up eating my words. So I am recording this on New Year's Eve, Australian time. So from the future, it'll probably hit you on your New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Oh, look, what a wild ride. I'm happy to say goodbye to 2020. Look, it wasn't the worst for me. Um, You've been with me the whole way along. I'm very grateful to the new listeners that have come on board and The Facebook group that's kept me going, chatting to you guys in there has just made me feel so much less alone during this very isolating year. Eight months we spent in lockdown here in Melbourne. So, you know, that's some heavy shit, but I rarely felt alone because I have you guys. And yeah, it's just been lovely um, to be able to connect to you on a different level. So anybody listening who wants to join the Facebook group, just search Reality TV and Me, and it should be the first thing that comes up in your groups section. Come and join the family. And it is lovely in there. Everyone's super kind. Um, haven't had any debacles as yet, but as soon as they arrive, which I'm sure they will, I'll just kick them to the curb. So I'm trying to keep everyone safe and happy in our little community that we've built. I'm uh, in Melbourne and we have just received word. It, I'm recording this at 1pm. I turned on the TV two hours ago to hear that by 5pm restrictions change. So it's New Year's Eve, like I said, Everyone's parties have just been cut from 30 to 15 people and we now have to wear masks uh, at our friend's house. Why? Because we've got six cases. Six. Six. uh, Count them. One, two, three, four, five, six uh, people infected. Look, it is, you know, we, we do want to be safe, of course, and we do want to, you know, cut the head off the snake before it kind of spreads and gets really bad. Um, I don't know if that's a saying, but it was, it just, you know, what it came to me, you know, how I am with my words. It's just fucking wordsmith over here. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So fuck me. Everyone's just had to cull their parties. Um, and I'm over here feeling like Cynthia. I'm like, I was ready for a rager. I wanted all of them people at my party. Not that I'm having a party, but was attending one. I wanted to lose my shirt and get buck wild. Look, 15 people is still good. I'm not complaining. I'm happy to be safe. But I don't want to wear a mask over my beautiful makeup. I was actually going to make an effort for once this year. Anyway, it'll be great. I don't have more than 15 friends anyway. So I'm, I mean, I'm lucky to count five on one hand. So... (laughs) I don't think it'll be altering my evening that badly, but I am thinking about a lot of people that were 
you know, looking forward to sending off 2020, which was a hell of a year for many, many people. Welcoming in 2021 with open arms and a drink in hand, ready to just say, fuck you 2020 and, you know, jump in headfirst. And I feel sorry for anybody that, you know, has to tell half of their friends that they're no longer invited to their soiree. (laughs) Awkward. This is why I don't plan parties. Actually, the main reason is that I'm extremely insecure and have rejection issues. So every single party I've ever had, which is about two for this reason, I'm obsessed with the fact that nobody's going to turn up because everybody hates me. So look, I'm not one to celebrate. I like to just lurk at home with my cats, uh, curl up in bed and do my thing. Anyway, I hope you are all staying safe, uh, welcoming in the new year. And look, let's make the best out of 2021, whatever it brings. Um, The pandemic isn't over, as Melbourne has made very clear this week. And I know a lot of you are in very dire situations in your cities and your countries. So please be safe, have fun, but keep your friends at a distance and your masks tight. (laughs) All right. What have we got in store for the show today? I'm going to hit you with some Housewives goss, just uh, rapid fire updates from each of the cities. And then I'm going to get into an interview with season five breakout star, Tracy Jewell from Married at First Sight Australia. She is one of the stars coming back for the All Stars reunion, which we've just had the dates released for. So it will air over two consecutive Sundays. The first is January 31st and the second is the 7th of Feb. Not sure on time yet, um, but that. But keep your eyes open for that because that is set to be amazing. And Tracy reveals a lot of what we are to expect from the mini series coming early next year. And then we're straight into season eight, which they're trying this kind of celebrity-esque version of Married at First Sight. Uh, with sort of people in the performance industry or entertainment industry, not people you would necessarily know by name or face, but people who do work in that realm. So that's an interesting twist, I guess, because it's people that will be used to the cameras. So there's no excuses for not giving us your all and just feeling comfortable in front of a cam, in front of a microphone, letting it all hang out. So that'll just be fun to see how that plays out and whether it makes a difference to the couples or not. Um, I mean, people relating from industry, you know, if somebody is in the entertainment industry, are they more likely to relate to somebody that is also in the entertainment industry? Or will they clash in their fight for fame? I'm kind of intrigued by that because me, as somebody who you know, lives for validation. Um, I think I've always dated men that are sort of a little bit more subdued. So maybe it would work out, you know, two people vying for the limelight in the same relationship. (laughs) Sounds 
hell on earth to me. Um, but you know what? It should make good TV either way. My hope for the season is that it's just more genuine than the last. Um, it has been derailed in the last couple of seasons. Things of, well, season seven in particular, just really shit hit the fan with people just vying for attention and fame and not interested in the relationships at all. So who knows? This could go either way. We'll just wait and see. That will air, I guess, right after the mini series. So early Feb, mid Feb, probably. I imagine. All right, let's get into a little Housewives news. We have had the Real Housewives of Dallas taglines recently released. Let's have a little squiz at some of my faves. First up for our season five taglines. Look, I like Deandra's, Deandra R.I.P., um, JK, but not really. She's got coronavirus. She's in hospital and she was asking for prayers. Kate Casey posted on her Twitter the other day that she'd been texting with Deandra Simmons and and her request was to please ask everybody to pray for her. So she must have been scared, which is awful, an awful feeling. But then Carrie posted uh, something on Instagram today, or at least I saw it on Insta, who knows, on the socials, that Deandra is doing well, she's doing better, and she's still in hospital. So fuck. I mean, it's really ripping through the housewives at this stage. I mean, stop wearing those stupid fucking plastic head shields. I want to shake these ladies. I'm not victim blaming. I'm sure she was very safe. But those things, Atlanta girls, listen, they don't work. They work predominantly for splashback. I mean, I'm talking like as if Portia Williams is listening to my podcast. But if you are, hey, girl. Uh, Deandra, her tagline. For season five, Dallas girls are so... Excuse. Let's try that again. Dallas girls are sugar and spice, but I'm still working on nice. It's fine. Um, Nothing to write home about. To be honest, many of them aren't. Brandy's incorporates spice as well. She talks about her being a ginger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get it. My favourite, Cameron Westcott. God, I love this bitch. She is such a fucking weirdo, isn't she? Like, she's just so bizarre to watch. She's like this tall, lanky Amazon woman that just seems like out of this world mentally. She she does not live on planet Earth and I adore watching her. I can't wait to see her again. Just the way she speaks, I really enjoy. So, sorry, the cats are freaking snoring in the corner. You probably can't hear it, but it's actually really <laughs> distracting me. Oh, okay, let's get into it. What's her tagline? I love to be pampered, but I'm nobody's pet. I kind of like that. I don't know. I don't hate it. These these aren't like rocking my world. Carrie's is kind of cute. She says, if you take a shot at <clears throat> clearing my throat, 
If you take a shot at me, it better be tequila. <laughs> what is that voice? <laughs> that is so not her voice. But it's been a long time since the show's been on. I've forgotten all of their voices. <laughs> anyway, let's get to our new girl. So if you haven't heard, Tiffany Moon is the new girl for Dallas. She was born just outside Beijing in China and moved to the United States when she was six. She is some kind of medical prodigy because she graduated medical school at 23. How is that even possible? In the top 10 percentile of her class. I mean, what the actual? Why are you on the housewives? Shouldn't you be like restarting someone's heart? I mean, my dream job is to be a housewife, but that's because I don't really want to work a real job. If you're freaking out here saving lives, and she is, she's a frontline worker for during the pandemic right now, like, do that. Like, that's way more impressive than, you know, having an afternoon tea brunch with freaking Deandra Simmons. Save Deandra's life. I am floored. And somehow, you know, she has time to be a housewife and mother her two five-year-old girls. Mind blown. We also have Jennifer Long as a new friend of. Don't know anything about her, but she seems to be hanging around this season. They might be trialing her of a new housewife for the following I'm looking forward to it. I know it's absolute shite, but Dallas is actually one of my favorites since it started. The first season was utter trash and then it got really good and I've been into it heavily since about season three. I mean, obviously I've watched every single episode and will continue to do so, but the first two seasons were a bit of a slog, but I'm loving it. I've loved it ever since and I am in So by the time this is out, you should have already received the first episode in your DVR. It says Thursday, uh, December 31st at 8pm. I'm pretty sure that's this is an Australian website. I have been fooled before. So look, I mean, hopefully we've all enjoyed the first episode by the time you're listening to my dulcet tones. Over in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, my prediction for the coming season is this. It has been hinted at by Lisa Brinner that Erica will talk about what's been going down. That is all she's alluded to. And by that, I am suspecting that she um, will talk, that Erica will talk about her divorce and she'll make up some bullshit story about the validity of the divorce and why it's going ahead and how long they've struggled and the suffering that she's been bearing and, you know, make it sound legit, basically just as a way to try and strengthen her case because right now they are struggling to get their divorce approved because it's very obvious that this is a sham divorce Uh, as a way to move money around and not have their fraudulent money that is stolen taken from them. I don't expect her to talk about 
any of the other legal battles or the accusations that her and her husband stole money from plane crash victims. If she did, I would be absolutely floored. I would love to hear what she has to say because right now I'm sort of like, why the fuck is she even back on our TV? I mean, these women, like, are they getting more evil or am I just old enough now to understand what the fuck they're talking about? Because, I mean, I'm 32. I've been watching these bitches for 15 years, some of them. Like, how did that even happen? I, I, I literally just gave my... <laughs> Gave myself chills then. I'm like, oh my God, half my life has been devoted to these psychopaths. Um, that's a rude awakening. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to think on that later. <laughs> but not right now. It's all too much. But I mean, Jesus, are they getting worse or am I just old enough to understand the gravity of how much corruption and fraud these people are committing in every season. There's just so many horrible rich women. And thank God for that, because if there weren't, we wouldn't have these shows. But really, like I watch her and I'm like, get off my TV, you evil. See you next Tuesday. I was going to say it, but I know I'm... Most of my listeners aren't Australian, ochre, like, disgusting humans like me. <laughs> I've told you before, it's, like, not a bad... We sort of just throw it around like you would fuck, and it's not a bad word here. But I don't want to offend your delicate ears, so I bit my tongue. Can you believe it? So, yeah, that's what we have to expect from... Erica in Beverly Hills, my prediction anyway. In saying that, I am looking forward to the season. I just, I don't know. I have a thing for Beverly Hills. I know every storyline is fake and surface level and that all of this grit and dirt and scum is just bubbling under the surface. But I kind of like that. It's like much more relaxing to watch than being punched in the face by a New York or New Jersey, for example, where it's just everyone screaming and it's hell, like, hath no fury, like a Teresa scorned. You know, sometimes I love, I mean, I'll watch anything, but sometimes those kinds of screaming, drunken rants, um, they can be very intense and you can't only watch that, you know, and I love to binge my girls. So often it's like if, you know, Ramona is just screaming turtle time in my face or Sonia's falling down drunk or Bethany's calling Luann a slut and it's bam, 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 bam. Then we head over into New Jersey or Dallas and it's just screaming all the time. Sometimes I like to head on over to Beverly Hills, have a cup of tea, take a nice warm bath and chill out and know that every word that comes out of these ladies' mouths is BS. But just allow myself to live in that fantasy land with them for a moment. So that's how I feel. You know, we get different things from all of our different shows 
and all of our different cities. And that's why we love them all. All right, so obviously we also had the Real Housewives of Potomac finale of the three-part reunion. Uh, what What is there to say? I'm sure everybody's talked and ranted about this uh, uh, so far. I mean, my big takeaway is that Giselle is just so highly choreographed in every single move she makes. I liked watching her squirm as she was being called out for her fake relationship with Jamal, her essentially fake storylines every single season with these new men. Of course, we had the incident between Chris Samuels and Giselle as they were accused as Chris and Monique were accusing Giselle of being the person to bring up the paternity drama. I mean, I I don't know. This kind of confused me because I don't really see what the big deal is if they don't bring it up on the show, if they don't air it on the show. But in saying that, I don't think they're given that much warning about what storylines will come up on the show. And as we saw in the footage, um, the the non-aired footage, they did talk about it. So they did film it. And I guess if you're filming it, you have no idea if that's going to become a storyline, if that's going to be presented on the show. So I can kind of understand why Chris would come out so defensive. That being said, I fucking hate him now. I used to have the biggest crush on him. I think he's a misogynistic jackass. The fact he like fake like fellatio why are we all saying fellatio like it's a thing the fact he like tried to give a blowjob to a bottle um was a lot and I didn't like that at the time but you're sort of like you know those people that just make awkward jokes because they're a bit uncomfortable slightly socially awkward there's a camera in his face he thinks it's funny and it's just not like that's how I took it at the time and I let it go until they showed that clip plus the clip of him talking about beating up Giselle and, um, you know, yes, he's talking smack and he's talking out of his ass, but it's gross and I don't like it. I really appreciated Chris, what's his name? Uh, Husband of Candace. I mean, he... He's really grown on me over the seasons. First season, I was like, ew, who is this man? And <laughs> with a black penis. <laughs> but I really like him now. And I like that he stands up for women's rights, despite having the world's worst wife in the entire world. Um, I just think he's he's a, a lovely advocate for women. And I appreciate that. I felt sad for both him and Candace when he was saying that he just wants his wife back because, I mean, I know people say it's crocodile tears and she should get over it, but I don't believe that. I can see that Candace is traumatised and it must be so hard to be looked in the face by Monique who is taking no accountability. She's completely cold. Yeah, she's sitting there saying, I attacked her for a reason that had nothing to do with her it was my trauma she triggered my trauma but it's not Candace's fault that she triggered your trauma she doesn't know your fucking trauma she didn't know that waving her hand in your face was going to result in her head being banged against a table um yeah she antagonized you 
But isn't that what the fucking Real Housewives is? I mean, Danielle Staub, Staub pulled freaking Marge's weave basically off her skull and flung her head back. And yeah, there was a big deal made of it, but she pushed his, his, her husband in the pool and we kept moving. This shit has been going on for a very long time and generally we can see the difference between kind of an orchestrated fight and this, which I think was the first time I've been genuinely scared watching a Housewives uh, episode because it felt real. It wasn't like Teresa has snapped and like lost her freaking marbles and we all know Teresa's crazy. This was like she wanted to do some real damage and even the producers couldn't stop her. They couldn't it wasn't entertaining. It was gross and I don't I don't like it. And yeah, I think, you know, Candace does run her mouth and she does need to check herself and she does need to get the fuck off Twitter because this is what happens. People can't cope. You don't know somebody's trauma and then therefore you can't control their actions. So I get all of that, but um, I don't support Monique and I don't think she should have been asked back. They're saying that she was asked back and she rejected the contract Every single housewife that has ever been kicked off the show has said exactly the same thing. So, I mean, in my opinion, she was fired. Look at how Andy was talking to her at their reunion. He doesn't appreciate what she's done. He doesn't respect her or want her on his show anymore. So, good. Good riddance. I'm happy to see the tail end of her. Bye-bye. In saying that, I could also say goodbye to Candace. (laughs) I just don't like this cast. Like, I'm just... I'm not connected to any of them. I find them all very cold and fake. I mean, even Ashley, her sweetness is so manufactured. She's Her and Candace have these very pageant responses to everything where everything is so polished. I mean, Candace is a wild card and she can snap and turn uh, at any moment. Ashley is remarkable in that nothing rattles her feathers. She's interesting to watch during a reunion when she's put under so much pressure and she still continues to come up with these perfect pageant answers. But at some, at some point that becomes the Beverly Hills effect where you're like, you're just not giving us any of your life. You're not letting us see behind the curtains. We know there's something going on and you're just wrapping a bow around it and pretending it's fine. So I, I feel like I can't connect to any of these women except Karen. Karen this season was awesome. Um, drunk Karen, amazing. I feel connected to her. I think she's funny. I love that we get to see new sides of her um, and she's really come into her own. But everyone else is either cold or manufactured and that's boring to me. Speaking of cold and hyper-manufactured, let's head over to Salt Lake City. Fuck me. I I mean, look, this episode was all right, but and, – and people are starting – even Jen Shah is starting to calm down. It has taken too long. I'm – and this last episode was good because Mary wasn't in it and Jen wasn't in it much. It was more focused on Lisa, Meredith and Heather. And these people are are a lot more genuine. Meredith is very with 
drawn. Is that the word I'm looking for? She's very sort of um, measured in how she speaks, but she you don't feel like she's overperforming or extra and for the cameras. Um, if anything, she's withholding. I mean, the show would be nothing without Heather. Thank you, Heather, for existing. Thank you for getting your lay on last week with that goddess of a man. I mean, she just... I want to say she has no game, but she is all game. She's just like, oh, yeah, women love big dicks. Like she said it in a... (laughs) She said it in a slightly more subtle way than that, but hardly. And he's like, cool, let's get out of here. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. She's happy as a clam. (laughs) I made myself laugh. Um, So... There you go. Like, I would be nowhere in this series without Heather. I would not be watching anymore. She's just fantastic. That lovely scene where she's crying with her daughters. It's it's all good from her. My main issue with Meredith is not with Meredith herself, but with Brooks Marks. The double K is just killer. This fucking douche canoe. I mean, can you not? Even Jen ripped him a new asshole at the the fashion show for only having the one tracksuit. Uh, where do you start with this kid? I mean, just the way he talks it drives me to suicide. He's he he just speaks like he's always on Xanax. You know how like models in the nineties were taught to be really sad and depressed because they were malnourished, they didn't have the energy to speak properly. That's what he's doing, and I am so bored by it. I mean, he's twenty one. I was probably the same, and it makes me hate myself. He's just the worst. He's the fucking worst. I could go on, but. Design another tracksuit and then we can talk. But right now I'm so done with you. And this bullshit fucking storyline about my daddy didn't come to my fashion show. I mean, okay. First of all, my dad never came to anything. He was like (laughs) barely ever in the same city or country as me and my brother. And... I mean, look, it was probably traumatic, but we don't we never ever felt traumatized. When he did come to my <laughs> this is so bad. When he did come to my uh, performances in school, I'd be like singing in the choir or, you know, whatever it was, and I could literally hear him snoring like fucking loud as anything. <laughs> From the audience like I'm laughing but it was so embarrassing because he has this like railroad snore like, <laughs> like kill me now and you know you'd see mum just like elbowing him from next to him and you know she's crying because she's so overwhelmed by her daughter's talents and he's just snoring away <laughs> Like, get a grip, mate. He didn't even choose not to be there. Meredith chose him not to be there. I can't deal. I don't even think he gave a shit that his dad wasn't there. I think he was playing it up for TV. I think it was manufactured. And everything he does is spoiled, bratty, bratty, just annoying to me. (sighs) 
I am full in a rant today. Um, maybe I'm jazzed because it's the last day of 2020. But he's just not for me. I need him to be a little bit more enthusiastic, like eat something more than a grapefruit, get some energy, get some protein into you. You'll be fine, kid. It's not that bad. I mean, but also like it is like life sucks, but it doesn't stop. So you may as well try and enjoy it as best you can. <laughs> That's my life motto. Life sucks, but <laughs> but it just keeps going. So, you know, enjoy the ride, I guess. <laughs> what is happening? Ugh. I just realized there are so many freaking Housewives shows on right now. This is a lot. Um, look, we have the new girls in Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm not going to get too much into those right now because I'm undecided. I'm not loving LaToya. I think she's a little bit extra, but I do think she's good for... Kenya she brings out a a fun lighter side of Kenya and Kenya's been pretty heavy the last few years so I think that that'll be good for her until they kind of turn mean girl and like turn on everyone which will then be fun Drew is lovely so far I like her her husband is a see you next Tuesday um and I hope she takes the money from the show and the freedom of the show and leaves his sorry ass. He is very attractive though. So personally on my screen, I don't hate it as long as I watch him on mute. So that's your housewives wrap up. That was epic. I am going to answer one question uh, for AMA, which I started last episode because I didn't answer one of my girl's questions and she felt abandoned and I am not about to start causing abandonment issues, you guys. It's just not happening. I'm not about to be creating a Brooks Marks situation here and uh, leaving my girl in the lurch. Okay, Courtney Kip, I'm so sorry that I ignored your questions. I think what happened was, because one of your questions was, when you were 10, what did you want to be when you grew up? And I must have answered that in a roundabout way. Um, I remember talking about how I always wanted to be a singer growing up and now I'm a writer and a talk shitterer into a microphone. And so I think I must have felt like I addressed you, but I didn't name you personally and I'm so sorry. I will answer your other question now. What would your dream reality TV crossover be? (gasps) My favorite reality show of all time is Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. I mean, RIP to so many. And I don't mean that in the joking sense. We've literally lost quite a few people from that program. But, you know, they're serious addicts. I just love that show so much. And um, I used to watch it with my mom when I was recovering from my spinal surgery and watch Kaniki from Greece. And he was addicted to opiates, which I was currently taking for my back. I wasn't yet addicted. And I just watch him and he was in agony with his back. And it was actually funny watching it. Funny is the wrong word. Interesting. 
because I had not yet developed any addictions, but I think, you know, if you have an addictive personality or an obsessive personality from very, very young, and I knew that about myself. And I, I think I loved the show so much because I could relate to a lot of these people, even though I had no uh, physical substance abuse issues at that time. So I think I would combine, I think I would love Ce- Celebrity Rehab's Dr. Drew and his wife to be on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't know where they live, but I'm choosing Beverly Hills because I think that would be a good fit for them. Oh, my God. Can you even imagine? Be like the new Heather, Debro Terry situation. Side note, Google Terry's face. It's not okay. Nobody go to him for surgery because something is wrong there. Like, he's gone full Vicky Gunvalson puffy face that has not settled but it's been several years and it's not settling. So thank you so much for your question, Miss Kip. I love doing this AMA kind of stuff. So you're welcome to keep sending me questions in the Facebook page, DM me or check me out on Instagram at reality TV and me. You can also DM me there. I do check them. Um, follow along on Insta or on Twitter at she's pernicious. All of this will be in the show notes so you don't have to remember all of the different fucking names that I have and cannot fix (laughs) as I am so computer illiterate. Coming up, I've got the interview with Maths All-Star Season 5, Tracy Jewell. And if you enjoy the show and you would like to show your appreciation with just the price of a coffee, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash reality TV and me. Pretty sure that's the site. Again, it'll be in the show notes. And um, basically any donations just help to go toward the production and continuation of the pod. I do everything myself for the show. I record, edit, organize interviews, manage the social media, you know, put up some articles sometimes on Taste of Reality. I do it all from my bedroom and I love and appreciate all of you that take time to listen because really it is just a passion project and um, it means a lot that that there are a few ears out there that enjoy uh, the bullshit that comes out of my mouth, quite frankly. So thank you all so much. Be safe in 2021, welcoming in the new year. If you have time, please rate and review. It means the world to a little project like this where I don't have financial backing behind me to help promote. It's all coming from you guys. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much and enjoy the interview with Tracy. Bye. All right, guys, we are back and I'm talking with the queen of reality TV turned preggers mum of almost two, Tracy Jewell from season five, Married at First Sight Australia and participant on the upcoming All Stars reunion special. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Always good to have a chat. Yes, we're talking all things maths and babies and it's going to be a fun ride first of all how are you how's the bub in the oven 
I'm great, apart from the summer heat. Um, <laughs> but baby's doing well and I'm just, I'm so excited. And there's so many of us on maths that have just had babies or about to have babies. Like, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's all happening in the maths universe. Yeah, it's true. I've been seeing a lot of babies pop up in my feed lately. It's um, it's the Married at First Sight Australia girls, and I don't know if you watch any of Vanderpump Rules on Bravo, but everyone in that cast has just gotten pregnant as well. So we're looking forward to an influx of more babies filtering through our screens very soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's all the coronial. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. You're having a lockdown, baby. <laughs> I think that's the better option because there's like, you either have the lockdown baby or the lockdown divorce. That's kind of been what's happening. So look, this is the probably the best option, I think, at this stage. Yes, let's stick with the positive. Yeah. <laughs> And it's been a long time since you were pregnant too. You were just telling me your daughter is 11. So this is a whole fresh thing. It is. It's like being pregnant for the first time because I've forgotten everything, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Right? I've forgotten the birth and the labour. Give me the drugs. A hundred percent. So yeah, I'm just, I'm super blessed to be able to be pregnant, you know, at 38 and I was 26 the first time. So it's completely different this time around. Yeah, well, good on you and congratulations. I can't wait to see the little bub. Have you got a name picked out yet or is that all hush-hush? Uh, we've got a few, but we'll wait till we meet him to decide, I think. Perfect. Oh, and a lovely boy and a girl. That's perfect. Lovely little family. <laughs> Let's get into a mini recap of your season for anyone who may need the refresher. So you were on season five. You were married to Dean Wells on the show. Look, let's be honest. He kind of screwed you around when he slept with you the morning he started trying it on with your castmate Davina. Then between filming the show and reunion, you and Sean Thompson, who I had on a couple of weeks ago, started, uh, you started dating him. And you came back to film the reunion as a couple. In between all of this, this is a whirlwind flash in your past. In between all of this, there were rumours that you were flirting with Dean and Justin from the cast. Girl, what made you come back and do this all over again? Oh, my goodness. You know, I just love all the rumours, right? <laughs> it's just it's hilarious to me. Um, yeah, to squash the Justin one never happens. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I like Justin. He's a great guy and he's a dad. But, like, yeah, a friendship was like, I don't know where those rumours came from, but certainly <laughs> untrue. Um, Squashed. Good. One down. <laughs> One down, many to go. Yeah. <laughs> and probably more to come. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It always amazes me how much partner swapping does go on. Uh, maths compared to other seasons, it's like, are we on Love Island? Because yes. I've forgotten what show we're actually on. Um, and I certainly got that reminder being on the reunion episodes mm. um you know walking back into that film set walking back into a dinner party it was like we never left like drama fighting flirting it was all happening but this time I just got to sit back and watch it all sober yeah see I don't know what's worse because I know they're long filming days 
What was it like sitting there sober, pregnant, I'm sure overheating with like camera lights and everything around, just watching the shit show surround you? <laughs> was it fun or was it a bit much? Um, it was fun for a little while and then, yeah, I got over it pretty fast. But it was just really nice not to be part of the drama this time, you know. Every dinner party walking in with Dean, we were always part of all the drama. Well, Dean was and I was just along for the ride. Where this time it was kind of like we were fine and we were getting along and we are having great chats and all the drama was with everyone else for a change. So that was kind of nice. So what was it like to see Dean again? It was fine. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. So I've, me and Dean have stayed in touch for this whole time, the last three years. So we've caught up. I think the last time we caught up was actually earlier this year, a year ago. So it was, it was great to see him and yeah, like we get along and yeah, we have good banter. So it was fine to see him. Oh, good. Is there anyone that it was difficult for you to catch up with on the, on the cast? Yeah, I mean, NASA, you know, I never had a problem with on the show, but he's caused a lot of us a lot of issues. Um, he's not exactly the most liked person. He's a bit of a troll. Mm. Um, so it wasn't pleasant to see him, and that certainly ended up in explosive conversations and arguments. Um, between with, between you and NASA or just everyone in NASA? <laughs> Everyone in NASA and me in NASA, I mm. certainly felt closure because I got to say what I wanted to say to him to his face. So that was nice. So had he been trolling you online since your season? Oh, massively. All mm. of us. And, like, we're supposed to be in all this together, right? It's a very bonding thing. We should have each other's backs. It's hard enough, you know, with the media and social media. You don't turn on each other. Yeah. So, you know, shame on shame on Nass, I say. Hopefully he's learnt his lesson now. Yes. Well, I mean, he, he seemed not to be able to handle it because he did storm out uh, halfway through and didn't come back to film the, the second half of the special. Jess was saying, I had Jessica Power on last week and she was saying the same thing that... You know, NASA can dish it out, but not necessarily take it. So, look, that we're all, as fans, we're all looking forward to seeing that unravel. <laughs> I'm not sure he is ready to relive it. Yeah, I, I just don't think he gets it. And maybe watching it back with all of us, the penny might finally drop because at that dinner party storming out, he certainly wasn't getting it. Mm, okay. All right. Well, you know what? Hey, Nass, if you want to come on the pod and give your point of view, I'm here, I'm listening, and you have a platform. <laughs> I wanted to say as well, when Sean was on the podcast recently, he claimed that the relationship between the two of you was kind of a publicity stunt to keep you guys both on the show. Is that how you felt about it? Oh, look, I don't agree with that. I genuinely fell for the guy and liked him a lot. Um, looking back, you know, because we we're from, both from Perth and coming off such a crazy time, looking back, it was definitely a rebound relationship. <laughs> um, a little bit. You know, when, when we're all hurt and, like, kind of bruised, you know, you need a fallback. And, you know, I'm sure us, you can relate. And a lot of yeah, the of people course. To this, we've, <laughs> we've all had the rebounds, right? We've all been there. 
Yeah, so 100% it was a rebound, but it was like a real relationship. We're together for like four months. Yeah. So, and that was well beyond like the filming of the reunion. So I don't, I didn't see it as a publicity stunt, but I knew, I knew as well it wasn't going to last. Right. Yeah. I mean, and look, that's what, that's the beauty of a rebound, you know, you get something out of your system, you heal your heart a little bit, and then you move on on to bigger and better things which we know you have because you've got that beautiful little baby as a mom what did you think about jessica's comment about cyrell we heard and she did explain it more in the show last week but you know hearing just coming out in the news that she would hoped that cyrell would be more mature now that she's a mother herself were you offended by that yeah like this was what was interesting like i have obviously strong opinions about cheating and what Jess, you know, and Innes did on their season. And, you know, I had judgments about that. But, you know, meeting Jess in person, she's grown a lot. And I was really impressed with the way she handled herself and how much she's learned. Um, you know, it was it was great to actually catch up with her and have chats. Um, and look, it's a tough one, right? Like, it's hard because when you're a mum, you get it where Jess isn't a mum. So maybe mm. it was a little bit... Um, she didn't really fully understand um, all the ins and outs of how protective you can get as a mum. So, you know, I didn't like the way Cyril handled it. There's no need for violence. There's no need for aggression. We can all say our piece, you know, civilly. So I don't, I'm not a fan of her behaviour, of how she handled it, but I can understand it. I can understand being a protective mum and looking out for your family. So was that comment the catalyst of their huge fight? Yeah, like I think it's a it's a trigger for Cyrell more than others because she has had a lot of criticism and when you bring in race and a lot of different things and the fact, you know, she is partnered with someone else from reality TV, mm. like there's a lot of factors at play and I think she's quite sensitive to a lot of those issues and, and rightly so and she got triggered but she shouldn't have handled it the way she did. And did she handle it by throwing wine? There was rumours that wine was thrown again. <laughs> I don't know what was thrown, but something was thrown. Right, okay, you you were just staying out of the way. <laughs> I was like, I'm staying well 100% away from whatever was being thrown. But, yeah, I saw, I saw things being thrown and I'm like, I'm out of here. You're like, I'm just going to sit here and eat my chicken and get, thing, get it over and done with. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I was not biting at all. <laughs> what, what were these um, race comments that were brought up? So race was coming into it a lot. Like, wow, Cyril, but like Innes and Nasser. And it's like, we don't understand as white Australians what it's like and stuff. And I'm more like, you know what? We've all had hardships regardless of race. Being a single mother, um, being adopted. Like, it's not just a race thing. Like, we all have things we have to deal with. Um, that we're trolled of. So let's not make this about a race thing. It's just a we're all dealing with hard stuff. So it wasn't necessarily that people were making racist comments toward them. It's that they were using um, race as as to, to mean more that you guys didn't understand where they were coming from. Yeah, like no one was having a go at anyone's race at the dinner table at all. Yeah. Um, it was more like how can you understand where I'm coming from because we're from a different culture and stuff. And we were trying to say that really we're all the same here, you know. It's multicultural. We all get it. Let's not make it about that. So 
sounds like it's gonna be uh, one not to miss. What can you tell us about the, so that's the dinner party. What about the next day when you sat down with the experts and had a chat? Yeah, so like the dinner party was so explosive and just so combative and drama, drama. I think all walking in for that second episode with the experts, we all just wanted it to be nice. Like, you know what, we've had all our dramas Let's just all reminisce and end on a positive note. And we did, for the most part. Wow, that's some progress. <laughs> so Cyril still chose to walk out, but everyone else um, managed to put, you know, the line in the sand and just reminisce and talk about how far they've come. And it was actually really lovely. Like, it was actually a really positive experience. So I was ending on a high note. That's some fast track therapy. It's like you get the blow up on day one and day two, you're like, you know what? I'm tired. Let's kiss and make up. <laughs> I love it. It was like a 180 like roller yeah. coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did Cyrell walk out of the the day two, did she? She did, yes. Okay, Cyclone Cyrell. It was just yeah. the same stuff that she just couldn't move past, unfortunately. Right, Okay. Well, it sounds like you had a really positive experience coming back to the show. A lot of people have reported like quite a dramatic decline in their mental health from participating, not just in this uh, a brief reunion, but also in the series itself. Do you, did you find that the show puts too much pressure on people to create drama and produce the pressure and manipulation is really strong? Yeah, like definitely I developed anxiety from the show and I, I've certainly shared that. I've shared that on Sunday night on national television. I've shared that, you know, in the media a lot. But it wasn't necessarily just because of the show pressure. That was part of it, 100%. Like it's a bubble, you know, it's long hours. You're away from your family and friends. You're away from your support network. You're put in situations that you don't know how to navigate mm. Um you don't know who to trust. So, of course, that would create anxiety. And then when you have that on top of everyone's comments, everyone's criticism, everyone's opinions, it's like this compounding effect. Um, so it's the two together that definitely yeah. causes that that mental health kind of um, just uncertainty and just like a washing machine. I always think about it kind of like the school camp effect, like you're on school camp and everything's heightened and all of a sudden like you're looking at this boy and then you think people are talking about you and then you have to be in this place and you know the teachers are telling you where to go and where to be and you're like but I want to do this and have fun and be my own person it's that plus you're being filmed and you're adults so you're probably going to make a few more mistakes than you would if you were five so it's just this whirlwind of well great tv <laughs> good for us as the fans <laughs> yeah like you're just set up for drama and crying and emotions and a hundred everything is magnified yeah yeah plus the alcohol alcohol is gonna make that world spin a little faster as well yeah which is why I was fine to walk in this time because being pregnant and also I'm in a much happier space now than I was when I first did it three years ago you know, I wasn't liking life and I wanted to change. So I think your mindset coming into it has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. And also just knowing, I think that it's only a couple of days compared to 
you know, weeks of filming, months of filming, plus you're getting married. It's a hot, like you didn't have to worry about all any of that. It's kind of just like, all right, well, let's see what happens. Throw everything but the kitchen sink at the wall and let's have some fun. Yeah, exactly. Like it's two nights, do it. I go back to my life where I'm really happy. It's totally different to, for that three, four months, that is your life every Mm -hmm. day. And you know, you're at the mercies of producers on where you sleep and where you can hang out and their timeline. And that takes some getting used to. Like I remember after the four months of filming because we lasted till the end and coming back home and I woke up thinking I'm going to be mic. Yeah. <laughs> where's Big Brother? <laughs> exactly. Like where's the camera, right? Yeah. It's like are my angle's okay. <laughs> It was really quite strange to, like, get used to on the other side of it. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's like almost like coming off a boat and having to, you know, you have your sea legs still, you feel wobbly, you have to readjust back into life. Exactly. That definitely felt like math sea legs for sure. <laughs> After this whole event and coming back for the reunion, would you ever do any more reality TV or is this kind of the full stop on that for you? I definitely wouldn't do any more relationship shows. Definitely not. I'm done. But I do like to push myself out of my comfort zone. So I was thinking about this the other day. If I was to do something, it would probably be something like SAS or something like, yeah. Something like really pushes your mind physical limits. Hell yeah. Well, you know what? I actually know one of the producers of SAS, so I'm going to put in a good word for you after the baby comes out, of course. We don't want any shock breaking of waters and babies popping out (laughs) while you're in SAS challenge. What a way to get, like, my pre-baby body back. Hell yeah. (laughs) It's like running Tough Mudder or something. Girl, you are on that one alone. Anytime I see anything like Survivor or these challenge shows, I'm just like, nope, I'll keep my maths. I'll keep my real housewives. I'm going to have a glass of wine and crawl into bed. I'll be fine there. (laughs) Yeah, watching it's pretty hardcore even. I know, it's stressful. Oh, look, thank you so much for talking to me. Is there any final thoughts you wanted to add about your experience going back on the reunion or what you're looking forward to in the coming year? I think it was just so nice to all catch up with everyone. Some people, you know, like Dean are the same, still dating, you know, still having fun. And some are, you know, in new relationships and moved on. And it was just lovely to see, right, that everyone is happy in their lives. And, yeah, it's a big part of our life. And, yeah, I can't wait to bring out the popcorn with my friends and and watch the episodes for sure. Yes, it's going to be so good. So, guys, that's the MAFS All-Star Reunion special. It should be coming out late Jan next year, right before the new season, Season 8, Married at First Sight Australia, begins. Tell us where we can find you, Tracy, on social media. I know you're on Insta, where the listeners can check you out. Yeah, I'm on Insta on Tracy Julify. That's where most people can find me with my baby bump hanging out at the beach. Yay! I love it so much. I posted one of your photos the other day on my stories with that big, beautiful belly. And we can't wait to meet your baby in March. Thank you for talking to me. Thanks for having me. Much love.